0: I so appreciate the vowels, A-E-I-O-U, reworked as I-O-U-A, acceptance, and E, encouragement.
1: Contentment is so absolutely essential to a good life. If you have love... That's the most important thing.
0: Welcome to Elder Wisdom, Stories from the Green Bench. On this podcast for and about seniors, exploring love, loss, hope, life, tragedy, triumph, and so much more, I'm your host. My name is Aaron Davis. Schlegel Village's Retirement and Long-Term Care Homes has made this podcast possible as a way to share the lives and stories of some people you might just see sitting on one of Schlegel's green benches, connecting, chatting, just enjoying the gentle perfection of any day, no matter the season. Rita Monroe is our guest today. She joins us from the Village of Arbor Trails, a place that she quite literally makes more beautiful simply by being there by offering her outdoor expertise and bringing people together to help make this residence a place where their gardens and their souls grow together gardening is her passion but her career was not at all what she hoped it would be at least not at the start but like most anything she plants and plans it too grew into something beautiful Rita and I are missing our beloved co-host, Lloyd Hetherington today, as he continues to recover from some long-awaited surgery. We love you, Lloyd, and we're keeping your spot warm here, my friend, as we chat with Rita Monroe. Oh, Rita, my dear, how does your garden grow? Here we are in December. You must be just itching for spring.
1: Well, yes, of course. And I'm hoping to have um, two or three meetings over the winter where we can talk about what we will do next season. And that keeps our spirits up, you know.
0: Wonderful. Now, are there innovations that you plan for the following seasons or different designs? What do you discuss at these meetings?
1: Well, because this is our inaugural season, we haven't had any meetings of that sort. However, um, I have been approaching Wendy and others here to see if we could expand into another area and uh, you know sort of spread the flowers around a bit
0: and of course the wendy that you're talking about is wendy jewett the director of lifestyle options at the village of arbor trails in Guelph. yes that's right
1: so we'll see what happens
0: good i hear if you plant mint it spreads everywhere <laughs>
1: well <laughs> i came up with roses but those didn't fly uh, so
0: Oh, roses are so much work. I glory on your spunk.
1: No, they're not work at all. Oh, okay. (laughs) Anyway, never mind. We won't argue here.
0: Well, no, I can't argue because I'm not a gardener. You know, Rita, I am one of the few residents in the Victoria, British Columbia area who doesn't have a garden. And so I think I'm a bit of an outcast, but I'll tell you, the deer love my yard.
1: Well, there you are. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Now, part of what I love about your gardening story is that when you became a resident at the Village of Arbor Trails, you noticed, hey, they need something out front of the village. And instead of just sitting there and kind of grumbling about it, you decided to do something about it. So you wanted to make it a pretty place to sit, and you pitched your idea that they had a garden, and a gardening group took root, quite literally. So... Good
1: for you. But when I brought my suggestion to Wendy, she didn't hesitate and say, come back next week. Within five minutes, she was up in my apartment looking at the kind of box I was talking about so that we could go forward. So believe me, if I'm a success with this, none of it could have happened without Wendy. You're very fortunate to have her in your organization.
0: Yes, Excellent. Thank you. Were you a gardener in your home or homes before you moved here?
1: Oh, absolutely, yes. Yes, Uh, I come from a long line of very good gardeners, and um, as soon as I had a home of my own, I certainly, a garden, first thing I did, I think, was purchase 14 rose bushes and (laughs) went from there. So I have been gardening for a long time, yes.
0: For those of us who are gardeners, I don't even know if that's a thing. But, you know, my mother was a wonderful gardener and her father before her. And I approach it with a lot of fear. What is the thing that you would say to encourage someone? If you could sit down on the bench and give them advice about gardening, what would you say to them, Rita?
1: I think today, you know, there's so much information available that it's easier than it's ever been. So I would say, look at, at flowers and see some plants or flowers that you really like and then research about how, the best way the best earth for these, the best exposure and it's it's not rocket science by any means and the great thing with annuals if you use those, you get such a re, almost instant return so the big thing is not to be intimidated by gardening because it's not really a difficult thing. Not at all.
0: Well, that is encouraging. And I know that if Lloyd Hetherington was here, he would so wholeheartedly agree with you. Lloyd has been a gardener in so many ways of spirits, of souls as a missionary, but also living in Africa and planting and helping people to reap the benefits of getting their knees dirty and, you know, really just getting into the soil. (laughs) What do you, Rita, personally find are the benefits of gardening
1: I think uh, juxta how do I say that juxta, juxtaposition yes to my line of work I worked in the operating room most of my career all of my career really. and uh that's a very uh high energy tense sort of place and if if you come home to a garden you're so fortunate because all of those tensions and perhaps sometimes sad occurrences just fade away and you've got your own little paradise Mm. and it worked for me for 40 years so I think it could work for other people too.
0: It sounds like you get a sort of a meditative benefit out of it.
1: Well it's a very spiritual thing I think Um, you don't have to be you know religious in going to that's your choice Mm -hmm. of course but for anyone can benefit I think from time outside in a a green pleasant smelling outdoor spot brings such solace to virtually everyone
0: does it connect you with previous generations because i know that there are things that i do whenever i crack open my mother's better homes and gardens cookbook or even sometimes just the act of ironing believe it or not it (laughs) takes me back to a connection to the generations before me, do you feel that kind of a family bond?
1: Yes, and it's interesting you should bring that up. I was looking through some old photographs the other day, something very ancient, 100 years old, and everybody in my, my ancestry seems to be standing in a garden or a field yeah. or on a veranda with vines <laughs> And, and I think, oh, my God, we're really yes in nature here. It's just seemed, been so important to us.
0: Your family tree actually does have roots in soil. Isn't that interesting?
1: I think so, yes.
0: And yes. I love the way that you have used gardening to bring people together. In the residence you were in prior to this one at the Village of Arbor Trails, you actually had a team of volunteers all come together, and, and you all had matching shirts and everything. <laughs> it's just so much community right there. I love that you've done that, Rita. What made you want to do that?
1: <laughs> actually, that's a very pedestrian situation. What In that, that other village where I was, We had been connected with Cullen Gardens, which was a a beautiful open garden park, Mm -hmm. which some of us had a membership there, and suddenly it closed. And so um, one person who who had been an employee there was employed then at our village to... We were new, so to do the landscaping. Well, I watched this woman and her crew... Over one summer, they did virtually nothing and charged $30,000. So I said to, to the chair of our residence council, I wonder if there are other people living here who could help me to organize something like this. And it wouldn't cost any more than, you know, the price of some plants. So he thought about it for about six months. And... Around about March, she said to me, Risa, let's go for it." So we put up a sign, and the people, as I say, twenty-five came to my first meeting, and we transformed that village. It was—it's beautiful.
0: That is incredible, and you know there is actual research, not just the spiritual. And I don't mean to minimize it because the spiritual element is huge. But according to Medium.com, those who garden regularly have the most benefits from the sensory experience. And there's exercise, stress reduction, decreased risk of dementia, Mm -hmm. good dose of sunshine, which of course means vitamin D. Mm -hmm. Planting and pulling weeds can burn up to, are you ready, Rita? 400 calories an hour. Yeah. Oh, I
1: thought it was 4,000.
0: Yeah, right. It just feels like it the next day. You go, did I? That's right. Oh, man, I didn't know that could hurt. And planning the garden beds take critical thought, which keeps you sharp. But it's not just for people of a certain age, because there was a study out of New Zealand, too, that said adolescents who gardened regularly ate more fruits and veggies, were more active, had better family relationships, and fewer symptoms of depression and better emotional well-being. So there is just so much in how your garden grows.
1: Well, I did employ... um three of my grandchildren in my original when we needed paid help for weeding Mm -hmm. and I thought that it helped them and one of them in particular really benefited a lot I think from from that and later on when we were more extensively hiring students I did employ some people from my family uh, who were university students and they again one of them has a business now a gardening, landscaping business as a wow. part-time. So, uh, it does wash over people, I think, when they do that.
0: I think you're right. And I love that you have a poem that is a favorite of yours that was written in 1913. And, uh, That's correct. I know that Lloyd loves this poem, too. And he's here to share it with us now.
1: God's Garden by Dorothy Frances Gurney The kiss of the sun for pardon the song of the brood from earth, one is nearer God's heart in a garden than anywhere on earth. I can see
0: why that resonates with you, Rita.
1: It absolutely does. It stayed with me forever.
0: Rita, we're so enjoying this conversation with you about gardening and what you are doing now in fulfillment in your life, but you've also sort of laid the foundations for the conversation about your career because as a nurse, this was also your respite. This was a place where you could come home, let go, and just immerse yourself in the dirt and in the growth and in the hope. So tell us, Rita, about your career. It wasn't exactly how you thought it was going to go at first,
1: was it? No, it was not. Um, From around the age of 14, i thought that i would be a journalist now uh, however um th- this was in the 40s and there wasn't there were very few assistance programs and uh, my mother informed me that that was not in the cards yeah. so i better think about nursing which had been her career mm. so i rather reluctantly agreed i didn't have a choice i guess well. and i did that but from after six weeks there, in those days, we went to a hospital, and we were apprentices. Really, we lived there for three years in a residence beside the hospital. We were really immersed in the hospital life.
0: Where was that, Rita? Kingston. Okay. All right.
1: Um, so within three weeks, I thought, "Well, oh, thank God, I'm here. This is my career. I love it here." Oh. I didn't tell my mother till graduation day, though. I didn't like for her to win that <laughs> one. And then um as choosing a career path after that, I really did not consider the operating room. Uh, I wanted some place where I had more interaction with patients. However, I was convinced by the supervisor there that I had a great aptitude for that sort of work. So, Again, reluctantly, I went there for a few weeks, and I realized, oh, maybe I have it. <laughs> so then I came to Toronto and did postgraduate work for the operating room, and I spent the remainder of my career virtually there. In various uh, opportunities came my way, and I was had a lovely career. Enjoyed it every day.
0: It seems for a lot of people, those of us who watch medical dramas, of course, which is fortunately, the only experience we have with an OR, conscious, um, that it would not seem to be something that someone could say, I really loved it. And yet, if you meet people like you who work in the OR, they come out of it with this love. What was it about the operating room that really stimulated you, that made you feel like you had such a great career, Rita?
1: Well, for for one thing, everything that you're doing hopefully is helping someone which is a great feeling you know and there's terrific team spirit in an operating room everyone is on the same page of course and there's a huge uh, feeling of organization and i love that i don't like piggly piggly things Mm -hmm. i like it when everything is going the way it's supposed to And also the fact that in an emergency, everybody seemed mainly to do what they were supposed to do. So we averted many potential tragedies, I suppose. Mm -hmm. So spending your days like that is a pretty good way of making a living, really in my opinion.
0: It is. Me. It is. Of course, there is that old saying, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. But of course, I know. That's right. But in nursing, it is such a hard job. My mom was an RN, but she wasn't in the OR at all. And no. are there any days or experiences that really stand out to you in your career, Rita, when you look back on it?
1: I'd rather not say. Um, it's a little too personal, I think. I'm sorry about that. But No, don't be sorry.
0: That just tells me how deeply you felt it
1: i was trained in the days where anything that went on there stayed there sort of thing mm-hmm. so there there's certain there were multiple times when i when there were days some were wonderful some not so much of course mm-hmm. but uh overall it was just a good feeling of having done a job and done it well and been appreciated and hopefully made a difference in people's lives sometimes.
0: You undoubtedly did oftentimes. (laughs) I'm sure of that. Well, what are your thoughts on what's happening now in these days of COVID and picketing outside hospitals? And we don't usually tend to take a more negative turn in these talks, but our healthcare workers, our healthcare heroes, we've gone from banging pots and pans every evening to some people picketing outside the hospitals. Do you ever think of what your reaction would be as a healthcare worker if this was happening to you today?
1: Every day, Erin, when I see it, I find it mm. just so disappointing that people would use that location to protest something, which I think is wrong anyway, mm-hmm. they're their pro- <laughs> protest. But I think the fact that they're trying to undermine this group of people whom we need more than ever And that we're trying to break their spirit, why? It's very, very sad.
0: Yes, it is. I think. It is. Although you started wanting to be a journalist, and I do have to ask you, were you inspired by anyone to be a journalist? Or why that for you, Rita? Why was that what got your teenage heart beating faster?
1: Well, my father did... Columns for a couple of local newspapers, ah. and he was a very literate person, and we we uh, admired the written word. I guess I always loved English and especially composition, literature. So it just seemed a natural path for me at, at that time. But I have written. Uh, I belong to writing clubs for the last 20 years, I suppose. Uh-huh. I've always written some. I was in a seniors group in Whitby where we wrote our memoirs, so I've done that. And uh, we used to have a, an evening once a, once a year where we read our best story of the year for people, and people actually paid to come and hear us, oh. so, which was nice. So uh-huh. I didn't give up on the writing totally, I guess that's what I'm saying.
0: Well, I think it's wonderful that you kept that throughout your whole life because writing is a passion and it's as much a part of you, I think, as it's in your DNA, as much as gardening is. Yes. And I love that you belong to the Life Writing Group in Whitby. And by the way, you are now a professional writer if they pay to hear you read your work. So I just, I just wanted to say that. Like we,
1: they paid $2, Erin.
0: Well, hey, every bit counts. You don't have to put that in your bio. And I should also point out to you, Rita, that our own Lloyd Hetherington has been published. He actually submitted to the Reader's Digest. And what he did was kind of pictures of a small-town life in his youth, and they published it. And I love what it is that you wrote, too. So you didn't write it to publish it or anything, but you wrote it for your siblings, a snapshot of life in the Depression and stuff. So tell us, if you will, the Coles Notes, as we used to call it, about your writing, your memoir, if you will.
1: Um, well, I started um, with my earliest memory, which was when my second brother was born, when I was three and a half years old. And I went on from there, just various vignettes, I guess, of our life growing up in the Ottawa Valley um, during the Depression. And uh, there were many happy times, sometimes not so great, of course. But it was, I just wanted them to understand where they came from. They came from wonderful stock and sometimes things get lost in the shuffle and I wanted them to know about the kind of people our antecedents had been.
0: Mm. Whereabouts in the Ottawa Valley may I ask?
1: Well actually the St. Lawrence Valley because the nearest town was Smith Falls. It was a hamlet called Toledo. Mm. Our farm was about three miles outside of there so Really, the St. Lawrence Valley, they always referred to us as the Ottawa Valley, but truly, if you look on the map, it's not. So, hmm. Anyway, that's where.
0: What were your messages about life during the Depression?
1: The People helped each other so much. There was no money. There were so many sad times. But people made life pleasant, I think, I guess you'd say. The smallest things were enjoyable. We would rush out to see an aircraft passing mm. or go out late at night to see the northern lights. Mm. There was no light pollution in those days, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, every church had social activities like a strawberry socials or bingo nights, and everybody went to everything. So it was really a very good time to be a child, believe it or not. Mm children don't need a lot of money as long as they have enough to eat
0: yes and love
1: Bo- and uh, of love
0: and safety and 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 all of that yeah. now your own daughters they've read your memoir what's their reaction been
1: i think they're proud of them i know that uh, at most holiday dinners they ask me to refer to something around my childhood at that time i mean for thanksgiving for easter christmas whatever how would it have been for you mom in 1937 or something so that makes me think although we don't talk about it much that they uh, appreciate their past my past too
0: oh that's good to hear and it keeps the memories alive for you as well Mm -hmm, it does what a great thing for you to have written that that's wonderful going to talk about your views on life. You've had a long life. You've done a lot in it from gardening to today and through your life to a job you loved in the OR and of course parenting and all of the other things of which you've written and the things that have made Rita who you are. And I want to talk about what kind of fuels you spiritually, your beliefs. For example, if something doesn't work out, tell us some of the things that you know to be that might help other people who are listening today? Like, for example, your initial dream to be a journalist. No, that's not going to happen. You're going to be a nurse. And how that whole perspective changed your life.
1: Okay. Um, First of all, although it's it's been difficult for me, I do think that patience with a C (laughs) is so (laughs) important to going through life. Uh, Because if you're going to get, you know, all upset about every little dream you had that didn't come you're going to have a very emotionally difficult life whereas if you can float some balloons and see what happens and if they blow up it's not the end of the world float another one over there so I've become a much more patient person through my life and as you said I do believe that things work out the way they were meant to that there is a sort of pattern to our lives and if you just wait a little bit something will happen nicely not always of course but you have to be hopeful always keep hope ahead and the other thing if you can divert your concern into something positive by that i mean if you can make some soup for somebody or take them some flowers that you grew or bake some cookies and take them over, you feel better and they feel better. So reaching outside of yourself whenever possible is a very desirable thing, I think. Yeah,
0: yeah. you've said that being a good neighbor does more for the doer than the receiver. It's sort of a variation on his "tis better to give than to receive, but it's so absolutely true. You just feel so good about it. Yes, that's right. You have noticed in your your life, whether in the hospital or where you are now in your residence, that people who focus on their physical illnesses,
1: they have a tougher time in life. You've said that. Absolutely, they do. Mm. And that's why it's so important in the age group that I'm in to have diversions. If if you belong to any sort of a group, whether it's a even a discussion group, a coffee group, anything that gets you out of your own little milieu and interact with other people is essentially beneficial, I think.
0: Yeah, and it's been hard during COVID. I think that we've really missed that connection of just getting together and laughing over a coffee or whatever. Mm -hmm. Rita, is there anything that you would like to end this on today. And I know that Lloyd is going to be listening because we're waiting for him to rejoin us on the green bench. And he would love to be here because he's such an avid gardener and he so believes in the spiritual message of just getting down and helping other people and giving of yourself and everything that you are. Is there anything you'd like to say as we wrap up for today, Rita?
1: Well, mainly, I think we should always try to offer Gardening in some form, in a setting like this, so that people who have retired, but haven't really retired from gardening, have an opportunity to work on something that they always loved. I think that's extremely important.
0: Yes, and people don't retire from gardening. They retire to do gardening, don't they?
1: Well, a lot of us do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, keep up the great work. You're beautifying the world in your world, too, and in the greater picture, too, just by your conversation with us today, Rita. So our deepest thanks to you, and we'll be awaiting spring (laughs) just as you are. And I know you will have planted bulbs in the fall to get ready for the spring, so that is a perfect metaphor for life, too, isn't it?
1: Yes, Thank you. Thank you very much, Erin. I've enjoyed this. So have we.
0: I hope you'll come back and join us again. And thank you to Rita Monroe for sharing her life stories and perspective. And of course, as Rita mentioned, our thanks to Wendy Jewett, Director of Lifestyle Options at Village of Arbor Trails in Guelph. We are so grateful for our team members. In fact, in our next podcast, we're going to take a very special look back at our favorite moments of the year's chats. And we'll hear from some team members and residents and even a few family members of residents at Schlegel Villages Retirement and Long-Term Care Homes. So don't miss it. It's going to be a highlight. Just subscribe for additional episodes every two weeks and we'll tell you when they're ready. And we welcome you to share your thoughts and opinions on social media. Just use the hashtag ElderWisdom so everybody can find us on this green bench and be heard while you're at it. Take a moment to rate and review the Elder Wisdom podcast. And if you'd like, just go to ElderWisdom.ca and find all the links you need. While you're there, be sure and take the Elder Wisdom pledge. It just takes a moment. But it means a lot. I'm Erin Davis. Thank you for your time, and we'll talk to you again soon. Your seat on the Green Bench is ready and waiting. Elder Wisdom Stories from the Green Bench is brought to you by Schlegel Villages, a complete continuum of care, offering independent living to long term care, celebrating and honoring the wisdom of the elder. To learn more about us, please go to our website, schlegelvillages.com.